All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live. It's a Thursday, February 23rd edition, and we are eight days away from the NHL's trade deadline. He is former NHL player and current Chicago Blackhawks analyst, Colby Cohen. Colby, how you doing? I'm good, Frank. How about those Blackhawks last night? We had a late night watching the Blackhawks climb back on the Dallas Stars. If you had that on your bingo card, I'd say you're lying. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did not have that. But let's talk about the star of that game and the star of the last few games for the Chicago Blackhawks in Patrick Kane. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start. You've had a front row seat with uh, the Blackhawks all season long. You've watched the ebbs and flows of Kane's game this year. These last four games, seven goals put in the back of the net. He looks like showtime of seven years ago. What have you seen from Patrick Kane? Look, he, he's feeling it right now. And, and I think a lot of people think, oh, well, he thinks he's auditioning for other teams and this and that. And, and honestly, I don't really agree with that. And I don't think Patrick Kane really gets in on the outside noise. I think he's so intrinsically motivated. I think that uh, his circle and his camp is so small that I just think that right now you see a big smile on his face. Pucks are going in for him. But most importantly, you know, to me, the biggest difference between last year and this year is who's around him. You know, I don't think any player is going to put up 90 plus points with very little hockey, you know, high hockey IQ surrounding him at the offensive position. And, and right now, I think his line mates are clicking a little bit. I think some guys are setting him up. Uh, and I think ultimately he's feeling pretty confident. So, 
he, he's been on a run right now. I think that he's really put this hip thing to bed that everybody was talking about. I, I don't, I think that that, that was completely overblown. I think players sometimes take shots in certain places throughout a season. He took a cross check. His hip was sore, sat out for a week, uh, like every other hockey player, 50 plus games into the season. So he's been on a run right now, Frank, and, and I think he's going to continue it and continue it wherever he does end up. Yeah. Patrick Kane setting a Blackhawks franchise record, seven goals, the most in a four game span for anyone age 34 and beyond. So pretty special run that Kane has been on. And really the wrinkle that's been thrown into this in the last 24 hours, Colby, is a report from Larry Brooks of the New York Post. When Larry says it, I believe it. He is as plugged in and dialed in as anyone that the New York Rangers are in on Patrick Kane. It would stand to reason, Colby, that with the sort of uh, disappointment that Kane expressed 10 days ago with the Vladimir Tarasenko trade that Kane would obviously be interested in the New York Rangers as well. I can tell you that my understanding is there hasn't been anything presented to the Blackhawks yet. Uh, not only has not a team been presented to the Blackhawks, but my understanding is that they're not sure that any team will be presented. So there hasn't been any indication of that. Here's what I'll say. If there is a fit, if there is uh, Kane heading to the New York Rangers, my guess is that if all sides come together and agree that that's where Kane should be heading, that there is a deal that could be worked out and could be done in relatively short order. The other teams that have been watching Kane so closely, Colby, like the Edmonton Oilers, like potentially the Dallas Stars that got a front row seat to him or the Vegas Golden Knights, that would make for a lot of disappointment. Colby, let's talk about a trade that the Blackhawks were involved in on Wednesday evening, and that was the Ottawa Senators dumping defenseman Nikita Zaitsev to Chicago. It's this pure salary dump in exchange for future considerations, and the Sens pay a second-round pick in 2023 and a fourth-round pick in 2026. Not so curious about this from a Blackhawks perspective, Cole, because it makes it kind of obvious. You get a player that you can plug into your lineup for next season, but more importantly, you get some nice draft capital in order to take him on. What are the Ottawa Senators up to? I mentioned in yesterday's show that the Sens are a little bit hamstrung by the pending sale of their franchise. They're in uh, or close to the bidding stage where the 15, team, 15 parties that have been involved in the process to this point are submitting bids to buy the franchise and there's not gonna be a massive influx or change in their books. So if the Sens are moving on from approximately $6 million in real cash from Nikita Zaitsev, why do it now unless you want to be looking for a defenseman on the open market that you could uh, bring into your team? When you look at the Sens, Colby, and how this year has unfolded for them, do any of the names that have been out there really stand out to you? It's interesting because you reported something about a week or two ago that they might potentially be kicking the tires on Colton Pareko. And I know the dollars in, dollars out doesn't exactly make sense, but I'm going to throw one thing at you here. Alex Dabrinkit is an RFA and he hasn't signed an extension. I know there were some talks early on when he got traded there. Maybe this is an opportunity where... St. Louis is willing to move on from Colton Pareko and, and maybe Ottawa. And I know they just came out and they said Alex Dabrinkit wouldn't be traded. But at the end of the day, if they feel confident that they're going to lose Dabrinkit, maybe not this year because he's restricted, but maybe it's the year after. 
Like he's not there long term and he doesn't fit their long term vision. If you can get Colton Pareko there for seven more seasons, uh, I believe he's on the first year of an eight year deal. Maybe that's something that you have to entertain. I mean, Colton Pareko is a very good defenseman. He's big. He's got a big, heavy shot. Ottawa has been missing that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not saying I've heard these rumors. I'm not saying it out there. I'm not an insider. I don't have the ins and outs like you do, Frank. But I'm just looking, and I'm looking down the road, and I'm thinking to myself, why hasn't Alex DeBrinket committed there yet? And maybe they're nervous about it, and, and maybe that's something that they would potentially entertain. Yeah, so it makes sense when you consider the concept of it, but I think the other part of it is they're hamstrung not just on the acquisition side, but I also think on the signing side. I think ultimately they'd like to find a way to bring Alex to bring it back, and we can ask the questions of whether there's enough room there for another eight to nine million dollar player. But I also don't think they have this the same. Uh, ability or autonomy right now to sign a player like to bring it to a long-term deal based on where the process is at. Like I said, they're not adding major tickets to their current structure and their current books. Um, and so that's sort of where things stand at the Sens right now. Keep an eye on Ottawa because like I said, the only real reason to move out Zaitsev's deal at this exact moment in time, unless there was an edict to thin out your books is to then try and improve this team, my guess would be by a very similar number. And no one really stands out to me on the trade market as being that sort of exact dollars in, dollars out fit based on the players that we know are available. So let's talk about uh, what we termed the Weber blockbuster, which is hilarious because Shea Weber, of course, has not played in the NHL for a number of seasons now. His career is over. And you think about the Mount Rushmore of uh, players that have now ended their careers in the desert, whether it's Chris Pronger or Marion Hossa or a potential other Hall of Famer now in Shea Weber because his contract was traded to the Arizona Coyotes on Wednesday, along with a fifth round pick in exchange for Dyson Mayo. And when you look at this trade, Colby, it's not so much interesting from the Vegas perspective where they're able to get off of Shea Weber's contract and that gives them some more flexibility to maybe trade for a player uh, at this deadline that they could then re-sign to a longer term deal if they wanted to. If not, it just gives them flexibility for the summer. But Colby, to me, the part that no one's been talking about with this trade is the flexibility that it gives the Arizona Coyotes. They're now comfortably with Shea Weber's contract above the salary cap floor, whereas if they had traded potentially Jacob Chikorin, like everyone expects to happen, that if they wanted to trade someone else on their roster that actually makes some money outside of you know a Nick Bugstad who's just above league minimum, would be that they couldn't whether it's a Lawson Kraus or a Nick Schmaltz or whoever it might be that the Arizona Coyotes might want to consider, they would actually be below the salary cap floor and would have to then take on money in a deal back. It's always easy to do, but Shea Weber now gives them the flexibility to almost do whatever it is that they want. Yeah, Frank, there's certainly a lot to unpack there. And, and you know, the first thing I did when when I saw the, you know, what are the different topics we were going to talk today is I went to your website. I went to Daily Faceoff. I wanted to look at who was in the top six right now for the Vegas Golden Knights and, and who was playing. And, look, Bruce Cassidy is there to win. They're not there, you know, to develop young players. They're not there for the future. They are there for the now. And I look at the top six of the Vegas Golden Knights, 
And I, I don't like it. I don't. I think there's holes. Paul Cotter's on the top line with Eichel and Marcheseau. Amadio's playing with Carlson and Riley Smith. Uh, Chandler Stevenson has been down on that third line with Kessel. There's holes. And to me, I think they're going to go after a big fish. I really do. I think they're going to pitch Patrick Kane. I think they've got all their first-round picks. No second-round pick this season, but they do have a couple of thirds. Uh, they can make it happen with their draft capital. They're, to me, an all-in team uh, every season because of who their coach is, because of what we've seen out of them. So I think, you know, Vegas is is in the in the hunt for, for a big-time, you know, top six player. Maybe Timo Meyer. I don't know. Would they trade them within the division? Who knows? I think if the deal is right. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think Vegas needs help in their top six if they're going to be a serious contender this season. And like you said, this flexibility gives them the opportunity to not only acquire that person, but to extend them. Uh, with that LTIR space, so we shall see. It's still going to be hard because they still have eighty million dollars committed to next season, and so um, you know when you when you look at you know let's say let's game this out for a second. I'm going to put you on the spot. If Patrick Kane, just for hypothetical, does choose the Rangers and goes to New York, would Meyer be the guy that you would focus on for Vegas? I mean, I would certainly, depending on what the ask is and depending on what they, where they think that they are, yeah, sure, why not? I think Timo Meyer is an elite player, although when Stone comes back, uh, obviously it gets a little bit crowded, although I know they play a little bit of a different position. But yeah, I, I think everybody that could make it work should be focusing on Timo Meyer. I, I don't think it's that often players like this are available at the age that they're available in. So yeah, why not? All right, let's talk some trade targets, and we're going to get into it uh, a little bit more with our icebreaker segment. I've got a new trade targets board, a fresh top 50 that's coming out on dailyfaceoff.com in short order. But I want to talk under the radar, guys. I gave you a sneak peek. I gave you a, an opportunity to view the trade targets board before it's public. And our guy, Stephen Ellis, on dailyfaceoff.com wrote about five under the radar type additions. And when you think back, Colby, to the last... 20 Stanley Cup winners, for instance, almost all of them outside of uh, Jeff Carter going from Columbus to L.A. or Marion Gabrick joining the Kings. They were all kind of guys that were under the radar additions. Arturi Lekkinen to help the eventual Cup winner Colorado Avalanche and played a huge part of it. Uh, these were the five guys that our, our Stephen Ellis had highlighted. Do any of these guys jump out at you? And if not, is there someone that's in our new top 50 that you think could Give a, a team a big boost when you consider, you know, think back to Tampa, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow or Michael Kempney going to Washington. It's not always the biggest name that gets the job done. Yeah, look, I think Sam Lafferty is, is missing from that uh, under the radar edition because I don't think a ton of people know who Sam Lafferty is. Now, again, I watch Sam every night. Uh, I get to see him practice every day, play every night. I see what he brings to the Blackhawks. I see the speed. I see the physicality. I see, you know, the details of his game. Uh, he's playing on the second power play in Chicago. Now, is he a power play player? Probably not on a contender. Uh, but he's a, he's going to kill penalties, and he can be out on the ice late in the game. He's leading the league in shorthanded goals. Like These are assets, um, and, and these are traits in a player's game that you're going to want, especially as things get more physical, as the game gets faster in the playoffs. So I think Sam Lafferty's an important name. The other name out there is a guy you and I are both really familiar with, and it's James Van Riemsdyk, because I think about the playoffs – 
Where do goals happen? Goals happen on top of the net in the playoffs. And where does James Van Riemsdyk uh, do his best work? In front of the net, he's one of the best players at the moving screen as kind of moving across the crease, taking a goaltender's eyes. He's good at tipping pucks. You can put him on your your power play first or second, and he'll sit there and he'll take the abuse in the playoffs. He'll take goaltender's eyes. Um, I think he's hungry to be back in the playoffs after a hiatus being in Philadelphia. Uh, and, and I think he'd be a good pickup. He's a veteran. He's well-respected and he's well-liked. Uh, is he still the fastest player in the NHL? He's not. I, I don't think there's any question about that. But ultimately, for he never his has strengths, been. I think he knows uh, he, he could really help a team down the stretch. And I'll be interested to see who does eventually acquire him. Yeah, I agree. I think there's been lots of interest in James Van Riemsdyk. I think the market has heated up. And I think the best part about adding someone like him is that it's not going to break the bank from an asset standpoint. You don't have to give up the first round pick to go after a guy like him. Van Riemsdyk checks in at number 15 on our latest trade targets list, which I said will be posted shortly. Sam Lafferty, at number nine from the Chicago Blackhawks, the league leader in shorthanded goals this season with four. He is number nine on the list for that reason. And the Chicago Blackhawks teams have said are asking also for a second round pick in exchange for Lafferty. Let's get to icebreakers and Colby, where you can team me up on some latest news and information from around the league with our trade targets board. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, Frank, the board is out, and I know it hasn't been released, but I do get this advanced copy of it. And there's quite a few new names from last week when I did this show, a couple that kind of raised an eyebrow with me. And I'd say the most surprising name for me, especially a team that I always keep an eye on, having grown up there in Philadelphia, right alongside you, is Joel Farabee. I mean, seeing his name pop up on this list really caught me more by surprise than anybody else. So... You know, I got to ask you, Frank, what's going on in Philly that Joel Farabee's name is popping up? Yeah, it's really a name that also surprised me because this is a player that I think at 22 has 
so much upside that he hasn't been able to get to or 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 reach just yet. Uh, and so Joel Farabee has been added to our trade targets board because I'm told that there has been some displeasure voiced uh, towards the Flyers organization from his camp. Uh, certainly not a trade request, but a, a question of what where where's this heading? What are we doing here? Because there's definitely some frustration that has has cropped up between. I think Joel Farabee and coach John Tortorella, you see his usage, three minutes and 52 seconds played in Calgary a couple days ago. That's one that stands out in a big way. Farabee has also spent a lot of time on the fourth line. There's no doubt that Farabee has not played up to snuff this season or expectations, and he's on that longer term deal at $5 million per season. So um, I think they're in a spot where the, the Flyers have uh, gotten some calls and some interest. I don't think they're really all that much considering moving Joel Farabee. And I think part of the reason is, look, when you have, let's say, stock in a big company, if it drops, you don't want to sell it when it's at its absolute lowest. So if the Flyers were ever to go down that path, I'd imagine it would be in the summer. But you can't rule out the idea that Joel Farabee, for instance, could be on the move before the deadline. He's someone that uh, certainly teams are also interested for all those same reasons. They see the potential. They see a guy that led the Flyers in scoring with 20 goals during a 56-game shortened season and someone that could do more. It's also been a tough year for him coming off of that artificial disc replacement surgery on his back. Didn't really get to train a lot in the summer, and I think that's impacted his season in a big way. And I think certain players click with torts and certain players don't click with torts. And I think that situation will have to be fluid and ultimately will be something I'll be keeping an eye on because I've seen him at his best, Frank. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. That's a heck of a name to see on your board. Uh, a team that, that you know, the Blackhawks and, and we see quite often here in Chicago, uh, a divisional matchup, uh, the Minnesota Wild. Up and down. Where are they? One day they're in, one day they're out. They've got a couple of goaltenders that are, are a little bit all over the place. And I think UFA, a pending UFA, Matt Dumba, that's the name everybody expects to see. Uh, that's the name that's constantly out there. But uh, on your new board, you had another name from the Minnesota Wild. And again, uh, another BU Terrier. So I guess the, the Terriers might be on the block right now. Frank, and, and who is that other player that, that could potentially be on the move? Yeah, you see him right there at number 21, Jordan Greenway. He makes the trade targets board. No doubt it's been a disappointing season for Greenway. He has two more years on his contract at $3 million per, and he's put up a grand total of two goals and four assists for six points. So it's not just that. Uh, this is a guy that's a big, big frame at six foot six that plays hard and is always involved in the mix. So teams view him as someone that has a lot of different facets to his game and, and a different element that he could provide. The consistency hasn't been there. And I think the Wild are in a spot where they have to consider lots of different options. If they wanna go out and acquire a player with term, let's just use a hypothetical. And I don't know how much actual fire has been there more than the smoke, but let's consider someone like Brock Besser two more years at $6.65 million. They can't add someone like Besser because of their buyout dead cap space that they have on the books. 
without moving someone else out. So whether it's now or in the summer, I think the Wild are going to be forced to consider a difficult conversation with Greenway. But the problem isn't all that difficult, different for them than it is with the Flyers and someone like Farabee in that you don't want to trade your players at their absolute lowest value. But uh, there's no doubt that Jordan Greenway, his name is out there and he's available from Minnesota. Well, I think similarly to Farabee, I think both of these guys, Frank, you make a good point. Their value is probably lower at the moment, but I think they're players that would still fetch a nice return because of what they have done um, and what we have seen them do as young players in the NHL. The Penguins, uh, they've got another forward in Casper Kapanen, and, and he's back on your list after a, a little bit of a hiatus. I think he's a guy you've had on here before. Uh, what's the latest in Pittsburgh, Frank? So this is actually one that uh, is time sensitive because I think this is a trade that could come sooner rather than later. I'm told that Ron Hextall, the Penguins GM, had sent out a note to managers in the last number of days notifying them that Kasperi Kapanen is available. Um, from the teams that I've talked to, I think there's actually been a surprising amount of interest in Kapanen. And if I'm reading cap friendly correctly, the reason for that is because the Penguins have had a tough time trying to activate defenseman Jan Ruda. So if they'd like to activate Ruda, there's going to need to be some sort of cap consequence, whether that's someone going on waivers or the Penguins ripping the Band-Aid off and trading Kasperi Kapanen. He's got one more year left on his deal at $3.2 million, a skilled player, someone that can score. He's streaky at times but for the most part has been a huge disappointment for the Pittsburgh Penguins in their bottom six. And if it feels like if the Penguins can move off of Kapanen and that additional year on his deal, I don't think they'd have to pay much to do it. I don't think they're going to get much in return, but keep an eye on that because I think they desperately want to get Jan Ruda back in their lineup. Well, quite a bit of skill available, it, it appears, Frank. Um, another returnee to the board. Uh, a guy who you had on all last summer. I think we've talked about this one before you and I have. Uh, that's JT Miller. And it seems like every time we're doing a show, we're talking about Vancouver in one way or another. So what's the latest, Frank? What is going on in Vancouver? Yeah, I think a lot of things are going on in Vancouver. They're open and to considering a lot of different options as they try and create salary cap flexibility. We know that Miller has that uh, contract that's due to kick in this summer. It is a seven-year deal times $8 million, which will bring him to age 38. And uh, it's a significant consideration and, and uh, commitment to JT Miller, who also has, with that new contract, a no-trade clause that kicks in on July 1. So before they get to that point, the big conversation, and I think if JT Miller moves at all, first off, I think it's a long shot right now, but if it were to happen in the summer, the consideration that teams would have to make is, would we sign JT Miller to this contract right now as a free agent, as it's just set to kick in? And I think there are a number of teams that would consider that uh, based on the real lack of difference makers that are available or projected to be available with this summer's free agent market. So. That's the calculus in play. Vancouver needs to create cap flexibility. Um, I, I, I don't know that they're you know, dying to move JT Miller, but I think the reason he makes my board is from the teams that I've talked to from around the NHL, enough are talking about Miller internally 
to certainly warrant his inclusion on the trade targets board. Colby, great job teeing me up. That'll do it for this week's edition of Icebreakers, new trade targets, a fresh top 50, including a whopping 17 new names hits on dailyfaceoff.com later today. All right, Colby, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. Hit us up on Twitter. We'd be happy to take your question. What is the percentage chance you think Jacob Chikrin gets moved and puts us all out of our misery? <laughs> I'd say 85% chance. I think it's finally going to happen. I think the longer this drags out, I think the less valuable he becomes because his contract becomes less cost control. So you're closer and closer to having to pay him uh, and less of an opportunity to really look at him and assess. So I, I think it's going to happen this year, and I think the probability is north of 80%. I'm going to say 99, and I'm going to take that reason that you gave. It's a great one because especially if this cap goes up in a significant way, which I think it's going to increase by $3.5 million or so this summer, it further decreases his value because the surplus value from what he is at $4.6 million to his value on the cap also goes down. And look, I think the real thing here is the Arizona Coyotes need to change their ask. If you have a house, I gave this example earlier, if your house is worth 600,000 bucks and you ask, put it on the market for a million, it's going to sit there for a long time because no one's willing to pay that price. So you have to adjust down. It's been more than a calendar year. It's time for the Coyotes to, uh, to come to terms with that and get as much as they can, because this cannot possibly linger on, especially after he sat now for 13 days for trade-related reasons. That brings us to Tyler Ramchuk with our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler, what do you got? Let's get right into it, Frank. It's a busy night in the NHL, and I got a couple of plays that I absolutely love tonight, starting with a matchup between the Devils and the LA Kings. The Devils are favorites, but not as big of favorites as I think they should be in this one. Minus 165 on the money line. Don't love that, but if you take them in regulation, I'm not getting puck line aggressive tonight. I'm going in regulation plus 100. The Kings are an even 15 and 15 straight up on the money line in road games this year. The Devils at home have won six of their last seven and three of their last four on home ice since returning from the All-Star break. I like going with New Jersey, who's starting Vitek Vanacek tonight in regulation against the Kings. And my shot prop today, Michael Backlund in Calgary has just been crushing this thing as of late. Seven straight games where he's hit this number, and he actually has 22 shots on goal in his last five games. I'm not very good at math, but that is more than three per game, Frank. All we need is three minus 140 payout. I love this spot, taking Backland over two and a half shots, and the Devils in regulation at plus 100. I love that. I'm just uh, looking here at a release from the Montreal Canadiens. Joel Edmondson did not make our latest trade targets board because of his back injury that's been ongoing. He hasn't played in... Uh, just about a month, and the Canadians say today that Joel Edmondson's rehab is, quote, progressing well. Uh, so that is the latest update from the Montreal Canadiens. Thank you to Tyler. That brings us to garbage time. And Colby, typically I would cede the floor to you, but I wanted to take this one and just give a little love to a game that's about to take place tonight in Pittsburgh. Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in town at PPG Paints Arena to go head-to-head -head with Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is not just an important game for the Pens as they try and hang in the playoff race, but I'm wondering how many of these chances we're going to get to see 
to see one of the greatest of all time go up against who I may believe and Connor McDavid may believe is the best of all time when it's all said and done, even compared to Wayne Gretzky. And when you take a look at their head-to-head -head numbers in the last five seasons, Connor McDavid always seems to show up when going against Crosby and vice versa. Crosby has five points in the last six games. Connor McDavid, seven games played, 11 points, three goals. Edmonton has won four of those seven games. They've gone to OT twice and more. Importantly, they've always been entertaining, averaging almost seven goals per game. Colby, McDavid, Crosby, head-to-head, you're going to watch? I will have that game on. I think that uh, it's always exciting to, to see those guys get together. I, I'm amazed at the way Crosby, you know, still can take over a game and dominate a game. But I do agree with you, Frank. I think when all said and done, McJesus might be the one. Yeah. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, if they get in the playoffs, it's going to be on the back of Crosby. And if the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup this year, it's going to be on the back of McDavid. I will tune in for that for sure. Thanks to tuning in to our show today, Daily Faceoff Live. That'll do it for today's edition. Thanks to Colby Cohen, Tyler Ramchuk, as well as our head of production, Alex Alar. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Friday, one week away from the NHL trade deadline then. Have a good night, everyone. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.